We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, how you doing, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the future award-winning Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in. I appreciate you all. Okay, so I'm going to launch a series today, and it's going to run from now through the start of Buffalo Bills training camp in late July. I think camp starts around the 23rd or 24th. Anyway, this series is going to run through that week. And today is going to be the first of what will be 11 episodes. And in each episode, I'm going to be counting down the top 10 Buffalo Bills of all time at specific positions. Uh, These won't be particularly long episodes. Uh, I'm going to focus on making these as short and as easily consumable for everyone out there listening as humanly possible. I also want to note this, and this is important. These top 10 lists that you're going to be hearing over the next handful of weeks, they come solely, literally solely from me. Um, These are my own thoughts, my own rankings, my own player evaluations. I did not confer with media members. I did not poll fans. Uh, These lists that I'm going to be running off, these are my opinions and my opinions alone. I took into account a handful of factors. Uh, These factors range from personal achievement with the team to longevity to uh, productivity. And I also factored, at least to some extent, team success when these players were a member of the Buffalo Bills. And again, these these evaluations, these rankings, these lists, these are all for when these players were a member of the Buffalo Bills. Don't matter what these players did before or after their Buffalo careers if they didn't spend their whole career in Buffalo. Like for an example, just off the top of my head, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens is a NFL Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but he was not a Hall of Fame wide receiver caliber when he was with the Buffalo Bills. He was in the twilight of his career. I'm sure you can understand that. Anyway, I welcome all of your opinions and your reactions to these lists. And you can send your love tweets, your hate tweets, or uh, your lukewarm tweets to at Pat Moran tweets. 
And just let me say this too. These are designed to be fun. I mean, sports is fun. Talking about sports is fun. Having opinions about sports is fun. Water cooler debate, to me, it's all fun. At least it's supposed to be anyway. So just keep that in mind. And also, one last thing too. At the end of today's episode, I'm going to lay out what I think, or not what I think, what the podcast schedule is going to be for all these. And uh, so there's, like I said, there's going to be 11 of them. Today's the first. At the end, I'll schedule out for you what the other 10 are going to be. And also, you can follow my Twitter uh, for upcoming episodes as well. And one last programming note here real quick. These are going to be dropping multiple times per week, but I'm still going to be doing my casual Friday show with Joe Yurden each Friday. And that's our typical normal Friday show, the topics like we do every week. So that's not changing at all on Fridays. Uh, but aside from that, again, I think this is something that can be fun and something that quite frankly bides us uh, time until NFL training camp starts for the Buffalo Bills. And that's going to get cooking uh, soon enough. Again, this is the first of 11 in the series. And we're going to kick things off today with the top 10 quarterbacks in Buffalo Bills history, at least according to Patrick Moran. So let's get this going. Number 10, Dennis Shaw. Dennis Shaw was a quarterback of the Buffalo Bills for four years, 1970 to 1973. Uh, he had a career best 2,507 passing yards in 1970, which was good for six in the NFL that year. Uh, he's ninth all time in Buffalo Bills franchise history with 6,286 passing yards. He has 35 career touchdowns and 67 career interceptions. And yes, I did say 67 interceptions. 67 picks in four years, folks. Uh, Dennis Shaw led the NFL twice in interceptions. 26 of them in 1971 and 20 of them in 1970. So it's no wonder the Buffalo Bills ran the ball so damn much in the early 70s. And also, I, I, I want to explain this to you before we move on as well. At least in some positions like this, for an example, I mean, the Bills got, what, a 62-year history, something like that. And a lot of these guys who were quarterbacks, they were quarterbacks for five, seven, 10 years or so. It's not like there's going to be 35 to 40 good starting quarterbacks to choose from. And it's going to be that way with some positions as well. But anyway, so I got Dennis Shaw at number 10. Number nine, Frank Reich. Uh, a quarterback who actually only started eight regular season games for the Buffalo Bills. However, he is still on this list. Uh, four and four record as a starter in nine years with the Bills. In those starts, 18 touchdowns, 12 picks. But that, of course, is not why Frank White is uh, so well-known and beloved and effective as a Buffalo Bill quarterback. It's the playoffs. And we'll never forget the 1991 playoffs when Jim Kelly got hurt. Houston Oilers, 38-3 lead at one point. And Frank Reich with that game, 21 for 34, 289 yards and four touchdowns. Of course, that was the Bills' miracle comeback playoff win. And a lot of people don't remember this, but and that was only the first round. After that, there was more work to do. And... Frank Wright came out the next week, led the Bills 16 of 23 for 160 yards, two touchdowns, and zero picks in a 24-3 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. 
Now, of course, Jim Kelly came back the next week. Now, he took over the starting role, of course. And the Bills beat Miami in the AFC Championship game and went on to what would be their third of four straight Super Bowls. So again, Frank Reich, not really ever a starter for the Bills, only when there was injury. But still, just that playoff, those two playoff games alone would put him in the top 10. And of course, again, team success, there's other things that matter beyond just statistics. Team success with Frank Reich here. Um, and the fact that he is just absolutely beloved by this fan base, even as head coach today of an AFC rival, the Indianapolis Colts. So anyway, I got Frank Reich at number nine. Coming in at number eight, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, four seasons with the Buffalo Bills, 2009 to 2012. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 3,000 yards in three of those seasons, including 3,832 back in 2011, um, which is good for fifth in franchise history, was much higher at the time. To this day, he still has two of the top passing yards in team history. Um, in fact, he is actually fifth all time in Buffalo Bills team history with 11,654 passing yards. And a lot of people are going to ask this. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who of course is also one of the most popular Buffalo Bills of this, or quite frankly, any era, a lot of people are going to want to ask, why not hire? Well, for starters, the Bills were only 20 and 33 with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. And yeah, he threw 80 touchdowns, but he also threw 64 interceptions, which is good for fifth all time in team history. And again, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I personally liked, I mean, he was a, a gambler, a gunslinger. I, lo I love quarterbacks who aren't afraid to take chances. And that certainly was what Ryan Fitzpatrick was. But I mean, he's not like he was a touchdown throwing machine. The guy only threw for 24 touchdowns in a season. In fact, he never threw for more than 24 touchdowns in a season with the Buffalo Bills. So again, a very popular quarterback who put up some pretty good stats and uh, just did not win a lot of football games. So I got Ryan Fitzpatrick eighth on this list. Coming in, moving along here at number seven, Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe played three years with the Buffalo Bills. 2002 to 2004. And if you were around when the trade happened with the Patriots, I remember it very well. It was such a big deal. I remember the opening press conference um, at the stadium when Drew Brees was traded here. And it was a, a, a very big deal. Drew Bledsoe was a very accomplished quarterback with the New England Patriots. Of course, you all know how the story goes. When he was with the Patriots, he got hurt against the Jets. Tom Brady took over. And Tom Brady never relinquished that starting job. So Drew Bledsoe became expendable. And Bill Belichick was not concerned about the Bills. And maybe, quite frankly, didn't think Drew Bledsoe was that great of a player. Because he had no problem trading him to a divisional rival. Anyway, Drew Bledsoe, three years with the Bills. His first season back in 2022 was one of the more memorable quarterbacking seasons I personally can ever remember for Buffalo Bills quarterback. That year, he threw for... 4,359 passing yards, which again, is his, uh, his first season with the team. And to this day, is third in team history. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl that year. 
He was the AFC Player of the Month, his first month with the Buffalo Bills. So again, a great start for Drew Bledsoe. And it was fun to watch the Bills offense, even though the team, quite frankly, wasn't very good. That offense with Drew throwing the ball to Eric Bowles and the Perilous Price and Jay Remersma, it was a very fun uh, offense to watch. And for his three-year career with the Bills, he started every game behind, quite frankly, a pretty shitty offensive line. And when I say shitty offensive line, that's pretty evident by the fact that he was sacked 140 times in three seasons. And despite just playing three seasons with the Buffalo Bills, uh, those 140 sacks are third most all-time in, in franchise history. Uh, to sum it up, I think Drew Bledsoe was really, really good in 2002. I thought he was kind of crap in 2003. Not entirely his fault, but he took a step back, as did a lot of players on this team and organization as a whole. That 2003 team, in fact, one of the more underachieving teams in Bill's franchise history because the year before, they had plenty of firepower on offense, but they had no defense. And then they go out and they sign Tequil Spikes. They get London Fletcher here. And you're like, all right, man, this defense is going to turn around. Well, it didn't. It didn't at all. One, 2003, one of the more disappointing campaigns in franchise history. Anyway, and then he was okay in 2004. But he was always a sitting duck. The Bills had drafted J.P. Lossman. It was always going to be a matter of time before he took over. So he was all right in 2004. And then he was gone. But anyway, in his third year or three years with the Bills, even in just three years, he's still to this day sixth in team passing yards with 10,151. And he's fourth all-time in uh, passer rating, 79.1. Pretty good leader off the field too, by the way. Always a good quote, uh, just a good person. But anyway, the lack of team success, despite some gaudy stats, at least early on, kind of keeps him from being uh, ranked higher. One more before we take a break here. So we'll go to number six. A polarizing figure with the Buffalo Bills for three years. We're going to go Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was the Bills quarterback from 2015. The 2017. And again, it really depends on how you look at Tyrod Taylor or what numbers you want to look at that'll determine what you thought about him as a quarterback. At least a passing quarterback anyway. Um, on the bad side, only a 22-20 and 20 record as a starter, which on most teams is not good. But for the Buffalo Bills, if you take away that Jim Kelly era, 22-20 and 20 record as a starter, not really that bad, folks. Not really that bad. At the end of the day, he is the quarterback who led the Bills out of a 17-year drought. And that matters. He was the quarterback. 17 years, this team did not make the playoffs. He's the quarterback who changed that. That does matter. Now, that said, Sean McDermott and this organization didn't have much belief in him. I mean, they did literally bench him after an embarrassing home loss to the Saints for Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman got that shot. And of course, we all know what happened there. Five interceptions against the Chargers. That lasted, what, half a game? And then the Nate Peterman era was over in Buffalo. But anyway, the point was, this was a guy, Tyrod, who got benched. And Peterman got that opportunity. But anyway, um, 2,799, I'm going to the drought year. 2,799 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. That is uh, pretty incredible in terms of not turning the ball over. 
That's what you got with Taylor. Not a great passing threat, but he was not going to kill you with turnovers either. He was the literal opposite of who we just talked about a couple of minutes ago with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, of course, Taylor's biggest strength, arguably anyway, was his legs. Um, his rushing yards in three years with the Bills, 568, 580, and 427. Of course, those are totals we had never seen before and maybe we thought we would never see again before a certain current Buffalo Bills quarterback uh, took over. And again, he just did not turn the ball over. In fact, 1,236 passing attempts with the Bills and he only threw 16 interceptions. So again, just like with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a lot of people are going to say, all right, well, why is he not ranked higher? Well, because he didn't throw the ball much and it wasn't particularly effective. For his Bills career, he only averaged 201 yards per game passing. That's not good. 201 yards per game passing, not very good. And again, 22-20 and 20 record as a starter, not really doing cartwheels over. But anyway, he was a good quarterback. I think he's someone who did not get any credit, or certainly not enough credit, for helping the Bills out of a 17-year drought. We talk about guys like Poyer and Hyde and and Kyle Williams and Eric Wood and, and, you know, all those guys from that team. And they deserve a lot of credit as well, too. But but Tyrod Taylor had no small part in it. So anyway, I got him six. So countdown before the break here. Ten was Dennis Shaw. Nine was Frank Reich. Eight, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Seven, Drew Bledsoe. And six, Tyrod Taylor. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to have five through one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back here talking Buffalo podcast and we are counting down the top 10 quarterbacks in NFL history. To recap again real quick, 10 Dennis Shaw, 9 Frank Reich, 8 Ryan Fitzpatrick, 7 Drew Bledsoe, and 6 Tyrod Taylor. Onwards with the countdown. Coming in at number 5, Doug Flutie. 
Doug Flutie played three years with the Bills, and he started 30 of 39 games. But before I throw any stats out, let's factor in something else here that I don't think any other quarterback can lay claim to. Doug Flutie quite literally helped save this franchise from moving. If you can remember back in uh, the late 1990, or I should say, uh, yeah, the late 90s, there was talk of the Bills relocating. They had to sell more club seats. And Doug Flutie and his exciting brand of football, because the fans love Doug Flutie, helped sell these seats. We're not for Doug Flutie. Who knows? And I, and I, I don't say that loosely either. They were talking about moving. They needed to sell more of these sweet boxes. Flutie's play and the excitement around him helped make that happen. So that's important to note out. Anyway, like I said, 30 games started with the Bills. His record in those 30 games, 21-9. 21-9 as a starter. He was the NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 1998. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl that season. He was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week three separate times in 1998 and 1999 combined. Uh, of course, we all know that many people think the Buffalo Bills would have went to the Super Bowl in 2000 if he starts that playoff game against the Tennessee Titans. And I know that's a very controversial topic. Rob Johnson didn't play particularly bad. I mean, the Bills lost because of a miracle, lateral, no lateral, whatever you want to call it. But a lot of people think if Doug Flutie starts that football game, that the Bills win going away. And again, they might go to the Super Bowl in 2000 with Doug Flutie. Which, by the way, I remember when I had Talk of Buffalo Daily, or Buffalo Sports Daily, I'm sorry, my blog. I remember doing an interview with Eric Moulds. And I mean, he came right out and said that. Doug, they wanted, the players wanted Doug Flutie to start the game. He thinks the Bills win easily if Doug Flutie starts the game. And the story goes that it was Ralph Wilson directly who did not want Doug Flutie to start the game. He thought Rob Johnson was the present and the future of the Buffalo Bills, and that's the guy he wanted starting. He was paying big money for Rob Johnson. They gave up a first-round draft pick to get Rob Johnson, and Ralph Wilson himself wanted Rob Johnson. That sucks. Anyway... Beyond the stats, beyond the record, beyond the controversy, at the end of the day, I think Doug Flutie, probably the second most fun to watch quarterback that the Bills have had after Josh Allen, of course. And by the way, Doug Flutie scrambled too. He ran for 476 yards in 1999. So a, a fun quarterback, a pretty exciting quarterback. Didn't set the world on fire, but he had a solid record as a starter. And who knows if his Bills career would have lasted uh, a little bit longer. Now, as we move on to number four, speaking of Bill's careers who lasted a long time, we're going to go with Joe Ferguson. Joe Ferguson, better known as Fergie to Bill's fans, 12 years with the Bills, 1973 to 1984. To this very day, and again, a lot of this has to do with longevity, which longevity is a part of this countdown. I said that at the beginning. To this day, Fergie is second in career passing yards with 27,590. He's second in pass attempts, 4,779. He's fourth in completions, 2,188. And he's second in touchdown passes, 181. Second career all time, for now anyway, in passing yards, pass attempts, completions, and touchdown passes. 
Um, he led the entire NFL in touchdown passes with 25 in 1975. And he led the NFL in passing yards with 2,803 in 1977. So the Bills were more than just a running football team in the, in the early 70s. They became a more of a passing team in their later 70s, in part because, quite frankly, they weren't very good. So they were throwing the ball a lot. One other note about that, by the way. You want to talk about how different, if you're a younger sports fan right now, younger Bills fan, how different the NFL used to be? Josh Allen threw for like, what, 45, 4,600 yards? Wasn't even close to, to being the, the, the leader in the NFL passing yards. Joe Ferguson threw for 2,803 back in 1977, and he led the entire NFL in that. But anyway, yeah, you know, I'm saying a lot of good stuff about Fergie. I'd be remiss if I didn't say he's the all-time leader in uh, team interceptions with 190. And he led the whole NFL in interceptions, not once, but twice. 1977 and 1982. But again, when you factor in a lot of things, he's quarterback the most games in franchise history. And he's one of the franchise's better players. So longevity, productivity, not necessarily team success, but you factor in all that stuff. And that's the biggest reason why I got Joe Ferguson, uh, Right forth. By the way, one one quick side note here, because again, I'm old man, so I grew up kind of in that era. I was a younger kid, but whatever. I was still a kid when Fergie was the Bills quarterback. And I remember playing football or catching the street. And the joke used to be you would take the football and you would throw it at somebody's ankles and you would yell, Fergie. <laughs> I guess that's a combination of uh, like I said, playing on teams that weren't very good and just throwing a lot of picks. But anyway, I got Joe Ferguson fourth. So now we are down to the final three at number three jack kemp jack kemp was a quarterback from the buffalo bills from 1962 to 1969 now i gotta say this his stats were never overly impressive jack kemp is here primarily and he's as high as he is on this list because Jack Kemp is the quarterback that led the Buffalo Bills to two AFL championships in 1964 and 1965. To this day, the only two championships this franchise has, has ever won. Um, his TD to interception percentage was absolutely horrible. He threw 77 touchdowns as a Buffalo Bill, and he threw 132 interceptions as a Buffalo Bill. So that's what, 32 and 23? That's like 55, through like 55, 56 more interceptions than touchdowns through his career. I can't imagine if Twitter was around back in those days and seeing Jack or uh, seeing Kemp throw more interceptions than touchdowns like that. I think Twitter probably would have exploded. But anyway, his interceptions, third all time in Bill's history. But again, your boy was a winner, champion. And he was... He, I mean, his accolades are there too. It's not like he was just a shitty quarterback who do a ton of picks on a great team. That's not the case. Jack Kemp was the 1964 AFL Player of the Year, the year they won that first championship. Uh, Jack Kemp was a six-time Pro Bowler. Jack Kemp was a two-time first-team All-Pro. None of the quarterbacks we've talked about to this point can say that. Whether it's a six-time Pro Bowler, or at least voted to the Pro Bowl, I should say, or a two-time first-team All-Pro. So throw those interceptions in the garbage. 
They won, literally won championships with Jack Kemp under center. And the, the personal achievements and, and accolades were there as well. All right, folks. So we are down to the top two. This is going to be, uh, I think there might be a lot of recency bias with some people. So I'm going to do my best to explain this. Okay. Coming in at number two, I have Josh Allen. I got Josh Allen at number two right now. Josh Allen's going into his fifth year with the Bills. Okay. I want to throw this out there and this is being quite obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway, because maybe it needs to be said. I don't know. But Josh Allen is on track to be number one. I don't think there's any question about that. Based on what we've seen the last two years, Josh Allen is on track when it's all said and done to end up number one on this list. But he ain't there yet. That is unfair at this point right now to put Josh Allen at number one. And you all know who I'm, who's going to be number one at this point. It's unfair for two reasons. Number one, it's unfair to put these kind of expectations on Josh Allen for the next five to eight to 10 years. Well, maybe not so much unfair, but it is a heavy burden. Not one that I don't think he can handle. But I also, more importantly, I think it's unfair to who's at number one for what he did and what he's achieved as Buffalo Bills quarterback. So that said, I do think he's on track, but he's not there yet. Josh Allen, runner-up for NFL MVP in 2020. And we're like, okay, that's a great season. 2018, Josh Allen, not very good, quite frankly. And not a good team around him either. 2019, he leads the Bills to the playoffs. We start to see a lot of flashes of what Josh Allen can be. He was a sports center highlight, but he also made a lot of maddening mistakes. And that was kind of the progression. 2020, he plays on a level as good as anybody in the NFL. That shows. He's the runner-up for MVP in 2020. We wonder, is that the fluke? Or not so much a fluke, but has he peaked in 2020? I thought the answer this past year proved no. Or if he has peaked, he could play at that level for a long time because he was just as good last year as he was in 2020 especially near the end of the season. And I'm going to say this, and I've said it on the podcast before, and I'm going to say it again. Forget the Buffalo Bills. Forget playoffs or any of that stuff or any other quarterback. To me, Josh Allen in the playoffs last year against first the Patriots and then against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think Josh Allen had the best two-game postseason stretch we've ever seen. Ever. By any quarterback on any team ever. No quarterback has ever played the game of football better than Josh Allen did against the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs last year. As much as losing last year sucked and as bitter of a pill as that still is to swallow and as hard as it is to move forward for something like that when you know it's right there for you, knowing that you have a quarterback who's played better than anyone else has ever played football ever. That's what makes you feel good about going forward. Anyway, Josh Allen is already thrown for 14,114 yards. And again, including uh, the two best in the history of the franchise. Over the last two years, when you factor in his passing yards, 4,544 in 2020. 
That is to this day the most in franchise history. And then again, last year, 4,407 in 2021, the second most in franchise history. He's now the leader of both Bills passing single season marks in his first four years as the team. Over the last two years, his 37 touchdown passes and 36 touchdown passes, those are also the top two in Buffalo Bills single season history. He's already thrown for 103 touchdowns and he's already ran for 31 more in just four seasons with the club. So you're talking 134 total touchdowns against 46 interceptions. I think that's an underratedly impressive ratio for somebody like Josh Allen. For someone like Josh Allen, who throws the ball at all angles against his body, makes plays that you just kind of, sometimes you, you get excited, other times you cringe. You're like, I can't believe he attempted to even do that. For somebody to have more than double the touchdown passes, the interceptions, at uh, the crazy style of play that he does, to me, is a very impressive stat that he don't get enough credit for. But anyway, 2,325 rushing yards. That's already 17th all-time in team history. The quarterback, after just four seasons, is already in the top 20 in the Bills' all-time rushing uh, career stat. The only thing, again, that stops him right now, today, from being number one is time and longevity. And can he do this over and over again for a handful of years? And that's something he can't control. Josh Allen has only been here since 2018. He can't control the next whatever amount of year or what he's done so far. It's not his fault he's only going into year five. But again, he's on his way. I wouldn't be surprised and I'm hopeful, quite frankly, that if this podcast still happens to be around in five, six, seven years and we're doing another one of these countdowns, there will come a day where Josh Allen is number one. But that day is not here yet, folks, because number one on my list is definitely Jim Kelly. 11 years with the Bills, all with the Buffalo Bills his entire career. Jim Kelly is the all-time leader in passing yards, 3,000, I'm sorry, 35,467. He's the all-time leader in touchdowns with 237. All-time leader in completions, 2,874. All-time leader in attempts, 4,779. In terms of his passing yards, six times during his career with the Bills, he was in the NFL top 10. Um, his passing touchdowns, nine times in the top 10 in the NFL. Uh, he, he's a five-time Pro Bowler. He is a one-time All-Pro back in 1991. And again, the competition during this uh, era, as you all know, incredibly fierce with Dan Marino and John Elway and Joe Montana and Steve Young and Troy Aikman, so many more. The golden era of quarterbacking in the NFL. Jim Kelly was a huge part of it. A 101-59 career record as a starter. That's incredible. That's 42 games over 500 as a starter. Again, these are things that you got to take into account. Four AFC championships. Four. Four consecutive AFC championships. It's just incredible. We all know about the K-Gun offense. And there are a lot of weapons around him. And a lot of credit should be thrown out. From the coaching, to the offensive line, to the receivers, to the running back. But Jim Kelly was still the engine that made that offense run. And by the way, one last thing. He's a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer. Of course, he went into the all 
Hall of Fame in 2002. Now, Josh's time again may very well come, and it'll be awesome if it does. But let's just pump the brakes right now anyway on him being number one, because at this point in time in July of 2022, he's not. It's Jim Kelly, and rightfully so. All right, so there you go. There's your top 10 running backs, or I'm sorry, top 10 quarterbacks of all time. To recap those uh, last five again, it was five Doug Flutie, four Joe Ferguson, three Jack Kemp, two Josh Allen, and of course, one Jim Kelly. At the beginning, I said I was going to throw out the schedule for how we're going to be doing these. Uh, I'll have this on my Twitter as well. I'm sure you're not going to sit in there with a notebook writing these down. But just for your own informational purposes, on Wednesday this week, I'm going to be counting down top 10 running backs. The next week, Tuesday, July 5th, we're doing wide receivers, and I'm going to be back with another episode on July 6th, counting down the tight ends. Then Monday, the 11th, we're doing offensive line, which is going to be offensive tackle and interior offensive line. Separate lists, but we're doing them both on the same show, but they're going to be separate lists. Thursday, the 12th, is going to be defensive ends, and then, I'm sorry, Tuesday, the 12th, defensive ends, Thursday, the 14th, I'm sorry, defensive tackles. Then the last week before training camp, I'm going to have a Talk Buffalo podcast Every single day that week. Monday the 18th, we're doing linebackers. Tuesday the 19th, cornerbacks. Wednesday the 20th, safeties. We're going to wrap up this series on Thursday the 21st with special teams. And then on Friday, a normal casual Friday episode with Joe Yurden, which again, every Friday is casual Friday with Joe Yurden. So tons of shows, tons of extra episodes coming over the next few weeks for sure. Talk to you again on Wednesday. And again, on Wednesday, We're going to be counting down the top 10 running backs all-time Buffalo Bills history. Talk to you guys soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.